Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way podcast. Well, hello, everybody. I'm still Scott. And I'm still Maddie. And welcome back to the Harder Way podcast. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming out right now that is really painting Christianity in a really negative light. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, I have. I've noticed that there are videos, uh, there are books coming out, mm-hmm. articles in magazines. Yeah. It almost seems like it's kind of a trend in a way. Like it's trendy to talk negatively about Christianity. Well, I think it more than trendy. I think that there is a spiritual force right now that is moving against the church, and it's mm. using uh, social media in a, in a in a very aggressive way right now uh, as darkness tries to advance in this world. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that because it's everywhere you look. There are people speaking very negatively about Christianity as a whole, saying some really terrible things. And it's interesting because some of the stuff that they're saying is true, Mm. right? Because there have been uh, things that have gone on with particular Christians or people who claim to be Christians, right? There are a lot of people who are not saved, but kind of use that Christian title Mm -hmm. um, for power and influence purposes um, that have done some pretty awful things. But right now we're seeing people taking, you know, one extremist group or one really corrupt church and saying that all Christianity is that. You know, there's been uh, a couple different documentaries that have come out lately um, that have had a lot of truth in them and have revealed some really heartbreaking things, right? We have one kind of about more of a cultic type of a group and, uh, you know, that basically there was a lot of just sexual abuse and control and very, very cultic activities and people that were using the name of Christ to harm other people and to assert dominance over other people, Mm -hmm. right? And unfortunately, we're getting people watching this documentary and saying, see, all Christianity is abusive. See, any church you go to, you may as well just be in a cult, right? You know, Christianity is this religion that's based on forcing people, you know, into submission and subjugation and and dominating people with your authority and all these kind of things, right? And then you have another documentary kind of about one of these big, you know, popular musical megachurches. Um, That's revealed a ton of just financial corruption, a lot of sexual immorality behind the scenes, a lot of uh, kind of control and manipulation. And those things are wrong. They never should have happened, right? They're things that we as Christians should be the first ones to be calling those things out. But unfortunately, people are taking those things that have happened in that cult group or in this, uh, you know, this big mega church and saying, see, all Christians are like this. All Christians, you know, do these terrible things. And Christianity as a whole is, you know, an abusive system. 
It's interesting that to me that a lot of these negative behaviors that are being observed uh, can really be resolved or can really be summed up in a couple of key concepts. One is a lack of the view of oneself as a steward in God's kingdom. Mm, right? Yeah, because, that's can, absolutely true. I can tell you as, uh, as a pastor that, you know, one of the problems you have with is if you follow scripture and you really do what the Lord says and you're really trying to f- live as if God is actually real, mm-hmm. uh, which is a thing. Uh, if you do that, you're going to you're going to wind up at some point asking the question, how do I get these people to do what I think they should be doing? How do I get them to all show up on a work day? How do I get them to all tithe? How do I get them to come to a discipleship class? How do I? Because and, you have the false belief that you're responsible for the outcomes. And I yes, and I have the false belief that I've got this. Well, my program is the program. <laughs> yeah. Right. And 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 I as a as a as a pastor in the past intended it all for good. Right. I of only course. wanted the best for everybody. But what I have to recognize is that I'm not. The one in control. I am a shepherd, but I, as a pastor, am a shepherd who has been assigned by God. I'm a steward shepherd. Mm. The master, the owner, the kingdom, the head of the kingdom, he gives the orders. He leads. He he loves those sheep more than I ever could. Right? And so I see I look at these things and I see I see these churches where, for instance, you mentioned financial abuse and financial uh, misuse in these churches. Uh, I read a lot of things where people say, oh, yeah, all pastors are crooked. Then they show Joel Osteen's house. Right. Or all pastors are. Well, Joel Osteen doesn't take a dime from the church. He makes all his money from his books. Uh, Rick Warren, the same thing. I'm not even defending their ministries or their beliefs, but I'm just saying those guys aren't. That's not church money that they're using. They might use some tax write-offs or whatever, but they're not they're not getting paid by their churches. They're, They're making all their money off their books and their public appearances and stuff. Um, but people look at that and they see some kind of an abuse there. And I think in, just to defend the church for a second, you could go into any church or any ministry, you could go through their books with a fine tooth comb and you could find some place where you think that they are abusing finances or they're acting inappropriately. But the things we're talking about that have been revealed in some of these videos go way beyond that. Right. Because I think any time that there's any money involved, right, whether it's somebody's personal finances or a business's finances or a nonprofit or a church or what have you, there's always something that if you go through with a fine tooth comb, you can find something that, oh, this is not quite right. Right. Uh, You know, this is slightly not kosher. Right. Uh, And then you're going to impute a negative motive to that if you're an unbeliever. Exactly. the world. And so, but yes, the things that we're talking about, like you said, are things that are very cut and dry, very obvious, um, well-supported claims right. of uh, abuse, whether it's financial abuse, sexual, sexual abuse, abuse, emotional yeah. you know, manipulation, all these things. And so here's something, here's where we kind of go into what is, what's our job as Christians when this, these things are happening. Here comes the unpopular truth. This is the unpopular truth. And the unpopular truth is... It's not our job when we come across these these kind of slanderous depictions of Christianity, right? Because it's not slanderous to say the truth of here's what happened in these churches. There were some awful abuses and these people need to be taken out of ministry. Like that's not slanderous, right? We see uh, 
uh, precedent for church discipline in in the New Testament. We see uh, the way that Jesus feels very strongly uh, about people who abuse their power and lead little ones astray, right? Jesus isn't cool with that. But it, it comes to that point of slander when you say all Christianity is like this. All Christians are like this. Christianity is an abusive system. So if that's the statement, right, Christianity is an abusive system. As Christians, our first thought is, no, it's not. And if these people actually understood the truth, and if these people knew the facts, they couldn't possibly say that Christianity is abusive. So what do we do? We jump in, we come in this negative, aggressive posture, trying to do everything we can to defend Christianity. And why are we doing that? Because we want to defend Christ. We want to defend Jesus. But here's the truth. Jesus does not need you to defend him. Because Jesus, when given the opportunity, did not even defend himself. Right. When he was before Pontius Pilate, he -hmm. didn't defend himself. Um, it says in uh, in First uh, Peter chapter two, I believe, verse twenty three. Um, it says that uh, when they hurled insults in him, uh, and uh, he did not retaliate when he suffered, he made no threats. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Jesus. That's 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 our example. Um, he didn't. And when he was on the cross, even the very people who were putting him on the cross, he said that he, you know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and. I think, you know, we have sayings, we'll say, like, hater going to hate, you know, liar yeah. going to lie. Yeah. Well, unbeliever going to be unbeliever. You know, it's like they're going to they're going to attack the church at every top opportunity that they get for a couple of reasons. Number one, they serve the father of lies, Satan, right. and they and they are going to they are working at his behest. Number two, um, I believe that deep in their core, they know that our faith is real that our mm. that our that Jesus is real that there is a god that there's only one way to salvation i believe that deep in their core they know that and so they feel they have to attack it because if to not attack it and to not point out every weakness or mistake or flaw is to in some passive way acknowledge the veracity of the christian faith right and this conversely we when we go and we fight and we defend and we argue and we go on the attack again, or we or we're just trying to explain and justify ourselves, we're having the exact opposite effect. What we're doing is we're revealing that deep inside of us, there's a part of us that doesn't believe it's true. Mm. Because, you know, I, I like to use this example. When I was a young guy. Um, you know, it didn't matter what the situation, if somebody wanted to fight, I would rarely walk away from a fight because I, you know, and I, and I came to realize this because I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to be weak. I was afraid I, was, I wasn't strong enough. I was afraid I was going to be bullied or victim, victimized. And when I was a kid, I was a little kid, I was bullied. I was like, I'm never going to be bullied again. But then I actually learned how to fight and then I didn't fight anymore because I wasn't afraid anymore. And I think that we ought, we we have to recognize that fear is at the heart of why people feel they need to uh, defend in this way uh, our faith and justify and correct. 
And we know that <laughs> fear is something that we absolutely need to get rid of in every in, in every aspect of our life. Yeah. You know, conquering fear with faith is uh, the the key, right? <laughs> right. And so let's let's dig into that for a minute. Conquering fear with faith. So fear. Our our our, our 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 premise is that fear is at the core of why we feel we need to go and fight where Jesus didn't fight. Mm, yeah. And faith is the antidote to that. So faith in who or what? Well, we have to have faith uh, in in God. I mean, I don't know what you're, <laughs> what you're trying to get at there. <laughs> like the most obvious, we have to have we have to have faith in God. Uh, and we have to trust in him and trust in his sovereignty that he is, is working all things together because otherwise, you know, we're, we're just going to be pretty lost trying to right. figure things out for right. ourselves. Right. Cause what if, what if, and I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. What if God was actually real? <laughs> what if the supernatural were actually real? What if Jesus was really living in our hearts? And, and ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father. What if he was really in control? What if his kingdom was real and his kingdom was now? We were living in his kingdom now. And what if we were just stewards and not owners? And what if Jesus, you know, uh, we have that old song we sing, he could have called 10,000 angels uh, to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me, right? Jesus could have done that. Right, he, he rebuked Peter with that truth when Peter tried to defend him through through physical combat, you know, and so we're in good company when we're trying to defend Jesus, yeah. but we're still we're as wrong as Peter was, mm-hmm. and Jesus's response, hey, I, I, you don't think I could call a legion of angels to handle this, you know, his 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 reality there is uh, is our reality now. Yes, and I think I think when we're talking about this and this idea of not needing to defend Christianity, right? Not needing to go on that attack. I think that there are several things that happen when we do that. First, I find that not always, but typically when someone is trying to say that not all Christians are like this, unfortunately, they often fall into the trap of then trying to justify and defend the bad things that a person has done. Right. And so you end up with people basically being apologists for sex offenders or abusers and being like, well, do we actually know, you know, people that people, and that I think is important to say that we never want to do that because uh, we never want to be in a place where, because we're trying to defend Christianity, we are going to defend just horrible, sinful acts and act like they're not a big deal. Because when we do that, number one, we're saying that something is okay that God has very clearly said is not. Mm. Something that God hates, we're saying is fine. And then we also end up causing a lot of uh, pain and hurt to those who have been victims of those specific people and to those who have been victims uh, of those kinds of acts from other people by trying to justify them or minimize them. So how would we respond? I'm thinking, I'm thinking how would I respond in faith um, and rather than in fear it, it, in the face of some of these accusations? And for me, part of it is, I think the biggest part of it is I need to just continue to abide in Christ, right? To draw nearer to him through his word, through prayer, you know, through all of those spiritual disciplines that we've discussed in previous podcasts. And 
Abide in him so that I can be like him in the world. So that they can say, someone can say, well, you know, that so-and-so at that big church, he's a bigot or he's a misogynist or he's a whatever. But I know this other guy, Scott, and um, he acts like Jesus about as much as a person could be. I mean, it seems to me that's my best defense because my arguments are not going to make a difference uh, in the long in the scheme, big scheme. Well, of they are going to make a difference, but they're going to make a difference in the wrong direction. Uh, good point. Because that's kind of what I was getting at was that, you know, that first thing that happens is causing causing hurt to those who have been in those kinds of abusive situations. But then the second thing that happens when we go on that uh, defense is that we oftentimes end up uh, pushing people further and further away from Christianity, pushing people. Uh, to basically solidify their negative views of Christianity when we come at them in an aggressive, negative, angry kind of way, that solidifies to them, oh yeah, see, Christians are you know Christians are toxic. Christians yeah. are abusive. Yeah, and we want the I mean, if you think about it, if I ask this question in a vacuum, everybody's going to agree with me, but not in, in practice, I don't think we all necessarily always live this out. We want the world, when they think of Christianity, to think of one particular person, to think of Jesus. Right, exactly. And we want the world to think of him as the example of what a Christian should be. Wasn't it Gandhi that said, I love you, I, I, I like your Christ, but your Christian's not so much? Um, I, think, I don't know. I think Gandhi said that. And, then, and, that's a, and if he didn't, whoever said that or whoever made it up, it's a, it's a really good point. Um, I mean, I've... the. I've been hurt the most in my life by Christians and betrayed the most in my life by Christians, probably because I'm right. around them a lot. But the the point of that is I shouldn't judge the church by that. I need to judge by who Jesus is. He's the one that's on trial. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's he's proven his case. And I mean, this is kind of a weird, a weird thought, but it's very relevant to what we speak about here on this podcast, which is that when religious restriction and persecution comes, we end up getting rid of a lot of this kind of stuff because a good majority of the people who are these abusive people are people that are not actually Christians. They're not people that have been born again. They're, they're Christians. They're Christians in name only most of the time. Krinos. Um And so when persecution comes, the people that are Christians because it benefits them financially, it, it benefits them, you know, by giving them power and influence, you know, or just because they, you know, that's their group that they're part of. Those kinds of people leave first thing because those right. people are not going to be able to choose the harder way. Right. You know, they're not going to be able to uh, to resist the three temptations to fight, flee, compromise. They're going to be gone in a second. And so when persecution comes, you end up with a lot of these kind of abusive figures in churches leaving because they were either never Christians to begin with or they were such immature baby Christians with nothing but plastic fruit and no, and no good healthy roots to give them good fruit that they're going to be out of there. Well, that's a, that is a really, really good point because, and I think that really comes down to the heart of um, the process. If you really believe, and remember in Greek the word belief and faith are the same, same word, word, right? Pistuo um, or pistis. And uh, if, so if you really faith, if you really believe, then 
when you're told you you can't believe, you can't practice your faith, you can't be a Christian, the you're not going to have the option to to stop doing that. Right. That's why that's why persecution is such a great purifier of the church because um, those who have the mental option are like uh, maybe they don't even know. Maybe they would swear in a stack of Bibles and they and they would. That, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a believer. But you're going to find out if you're really a believer or not mm-hmm. when it comes down to a life or death situation. And um, not to put people in fear of their salvation or anything like that, but just to say you're going to you're going to know who's who and what's what. Now, the good news is there's some people that are going to fall away and they're going to realize, man, uh, I fell away. And then they're going to actually get saved. Yes. Yeah, right? exactly. And that, that happens. We've seen that happen. Right. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. There are others that are going to fall away, and they're going to they're not going to look back. We saw a lot of those in COVID, you know, the, from the right. church. People that that left the church and then, after not going for you know a couple months, year, two years, are like, oh, I guess I didn't really need that after all, and it didn't really have any impact on my life. So, mm-hmm. so we so we're out in this world. The church is being attacked. We feel need to defend it. I think we should clarify a couple of things. First, Jesus did. Um engage in argument or disagreement but it was with people who were supposed to be in in the god's family yes and also the difference is there's a difference between saying what's true Mm -hmm. right like if we're talking about biblical truth Mm -hmm. you know somebody saying you know uh well like murdering is fine and we'll say well no the bible says murdering is wrong right we're not we're not defending anything there we're just saying flat out biblical truth because we know that jesus is truth we know that yes it is important for us to say the truth right um so that's a firstly different because it's not about let me defend this group that i'm a part of don't think badly about us not acquiescing to compelled speech yeah okay acknowledging that which is not true as being true or right. that which is true is being false. We can't, right. So that's we not what we're saying that. at we're all. We're not saying that. Yeah. No, no, no. And we're also not saying, right, that apologetics are wrong. Because apologetics, again, is not about defending Christianity as a system of faith in terms of here's why we're not all bad. Right. Apologetics is really about um, showing evidences for why Christianity is true. Mm-hmm. And there are good and bad ways to go about that as well, because right. there are some very, you know, angry, condescending apologists, and there are some really amazing, uh, kind, gentle uh, apologists who are are going about it in a kind and gentle way, but are not uh, in any way softening the truth. And because uh-huh. that's that's important, because one thing that I want to say, and this is probably going to stir up some feathers. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But when we talk about we need to be like Jesus, Mm -hmm. when you and I are saying that, and I feel probably for the vast majority of our listeners when they hear that, we're talking about, you know, the biblical Jesus, right? We're talking about um, Jesus uh, as, as a whole, right? We have a holistic picture of who he is. Right. But oftentimes, uh, in these these current these current times of of the world, mm-hmm. when we talk about being like Jesus, uh, even people who claim to be Christians will say, "Well, it's just about being like Jesus." 
But the Jesus that they're talking about is pretty different from the Jesus that we're talking oh, that's about. that's the rub, isn't right? it? Right? Because it's that Jesus is, you know, we talk about the, we say, yes, Jesus is love. But the Jesus that they're talking about doesn't care about what's true and not true. Doesn't care about people being saved or not saved. It's just like, be nice and sweet all the time and don't hurt anyone's feelings and everything's going to be all hunky-dory, yeah, right? And, and don't say, don't stand firm in the truth because you could hurt someone's feelings by by reading this passage of scripture. Okay, that's a good one. Um, that's a good point. Standing firm in the truth. And I think that is, right, when we put the armor of God on, mm-hmm. in Ephesians it tells us how to put on the armor of God and then it tells us and then to stand, mm-hmm. not to go fight, to but to stand. stand. And it's that's actually I feel a reflection of uh, Exodus fourteen fourteen, which says the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And I'm thinking of another scripture that it's a, I'm a little out of context here, but it says, um, "The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the world be silent. His eyes are on the sons of man." You know. Let all the the earth be silent. Just just be still and know that he is God. Mm-hmm. And it's in that stillness and walking in obedience that we find that he is God. Then that builds our faith, and then which helps us overcome our fear. And so we're not so drawn into these worldly traps of trying to argue trying to justify you know in fact i would even probably clarify our language from earlier and say rather than saying defending the faith or we should stay really focus on the that, that the idea that we're we're talking about not trying to justify yeah our faith. yeah i would and say I, that language would probably be a little bit more precise and another thing that i think that we should bring up is that uh, as we're as we're moving towards the end here is that when we're dealing with um, these kinds of forces coming against the church, which they're, you know, in a loose sense, they're antichrist forces, and that's been coming against the church since the very beginning. We say what they call the spirit of antichrist. The spirit of antichrist, right? right? Um, we, it is so tempting to get up and fight. I've got my armor on. I'm going to go fight. The harder way is to put your armor on and stand. Mm-hmm. The way of faith is to trust that God's going to show up and God's going to defend you. Right. The way of faith is to know that is to know that um, if if I can abide in the Lord, if I'm abiding in the Lord, I'm going to be right with Him, and everything else will be as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to win the argument. But the thing is, is that sometimes what it calls for me to do in order to stand is not as easy as fighting. Yeah, I think oftentimes it's not. Most of the time it's not. We look at the we look at the head-on attack of our kids in schools right now and the ideological attack and and we don't need to go into the details of that, but just to say that at some point and some people felt that this had cost the threshold when they took prayer out of school, right? But but just in general, this, these ideological attacks and indoctrination and this unchristian environment that our children find themselves, depending on the school you're in, how do we stand? Standing is not necessarily going to the school board meeting and attacking the school board. Standing might just saying we refuse to comply. Mm-hmm. We, we refuse to be to be part of this. We can't do it. And if and if that doesn't work, then it's it's. Taking your children and saying, well, then we're going to homeschool. 
Mm-hmm. And that's an option you have, and that's hard. And it changes your life, and it makes things much more difficult, and it imp- impacts your income. And, right. But um, th- sometimes it, it's costly to stand. But if you're willing, but if you were willing to stand with the Lord, He will stand with you. I think that's part of what Jesus talks about when He's about acknowledging, acknowledging Him before others, Him acknowledging us. Stand in that way, not fight, not justify, but stand, and let the Lord stand for you, and uh, you get a, you get an outcome. I think that's much more aligned with what we're expecting biblically, and you'll lose that sense. Uh, to go out and try to fight all these fights that aren't really our fights to fight in the first place. Because the hardest thing to do as a Christian is the simplest thing, which is just to live as Christ in the world. Because when we hear all of these people saying these really negative things about uh, Christianity and making these generalizations, really you know, asserting that Christianity is a hateful, abusive system, as Christians, that hurts our hearts to hear that. Oh, yeah. That's a terrible thing to hear, and it makes us upset that people would make those kinds of gross generalities, that people would take you know, a few evil people and then say that all Christians are like this. The hardest thing to do is to hear those things, and instead of trying to prove these people wrong by giving them a a laid out argument of all of the ways why their argument is false and all these things, the hardest thing to do is instead of trying to prove them wrong is to just show them that they're wrong. And how do you show them that they're wrong? By simply living as Christ in your own life, engaging with them as you go along in your life because they're going to see wow, clearly I was wrong that all Christians are hateful and abusive and manipulative and all these things because you're a Christian and you don't compromise your beliefs, but you're not any of those things that I thought all Christians were. Well, you know, your your mom uh, was a nurse for decades. And of course, uh, nursing is a very liberal uh, world. And, uh, you know, I remember with the night that she came home from work and uh, she said that there was a woman there um, uh, who was definitely in this liberal world and who was uh, a lesbian. And um, when she found out that your mom was a Christian and a pastor's wife, she was flabbergasted because she said, I don't, Christians don't act like you. Christians aren't kind like you. Christians aren't, aren't compassionate like you. Mm-hmm. Christians aren't open-hearted like you. I would never be able to go into a church, but I feel like I could go into your church. And your your mom never once said, "Hey, I'm pro homosexuality," or "I'm." Pro, and she never said any of that stuff. She just lived as Christ in the workplace, and mm-hmm. she worked like she was working for Christ. Mm-hmm. And the Lord took care of everything else. Right. She didn't have to. She didn't have to prove anyone wrong. Right. Right. Just by her living like Jesus, that is what showed someone. Wow. I had a very different idea of what Christianity was and about who Christians are. And that's what we should constantly be uh, purposing in our hearts to do and be. We shouldn't be trying to think of ways to prove that people are wrong, trying to think of ways to justify, uh, you know, well, actually, there's only this many people that have done this and this, this and this. We don't need to get involved in any of that. 
Jesus didn't defend himself. He does not need us to defend him. But what he has asked us to do is to live in this world as his representatives. That's what we're called to do. Well, let's go do that. Sounds good to me. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.